This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. This is episode 19, and I'm your girl, Ray Ray. And I'm Breezy. And Breezy, we have a really awesome guest who shared some really incredible stories on this episode for everybody. It is the founder of the Nomad Hockey brand, which is like a clothing and hockey lifestyle brand. Yeah. Yeah. His, uh, his name's Dustin, and I think we really learned a lot from him on this episode, um, just about the whole hockey lifestyle and so much of uh, just hockey that kind of takes place all over the world. So it was really cool to talk with him and hear his stories. I know we say we have a lot of incredible stories from all of our guests, but we really do. Um, but his stories, uh, I mean... There's a, there's a lot that, that he was able to squeeze in there, which I'm super, super grateful for. Oh, yeah. There's some stories about Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon, and there's also some stories that you might need to grab your tissues for because he shared a really personal story about his family and um, how a handful of NHL players sort of uh, reached out and helped them out. And it's incredible. It's just another testament to the quality of the NHL players and, and hockey players in general. It's just another wonderful example of how awesome they are and how they don't want the press or recognition and they do a lot of these things just because they want to. Exactly. And speaking of quality of players. Yeah. I think that there's an elephant in the room that we should discuss. What? Which elephant, Breezy? There's a big elephant. People, players Uh are opting out and are being noted as unfit to play for the playoffs. So opting out's one thing, but being unfit to play is another thing. And your boy, Corey Crawford, happens to fall into the unfit to play category. Do I read that and I was like, oh, she's going to be triggered. <laughs> I was. My fucking blood pressure went through the roof and I was fuming, fuming. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm not mad at Crawford. Let's just make this really clear. Like, I don't have anything against Corey Crawford. The problem lies in the GM, in Bowman, and in Rocky, the owners and and the general managers of the Chicago Blackhawks, because at the trade deadline, both of our goalies, our starting goalies, Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford, their contracts are up At the end of this season, they got rid of Robin Leonard, who I have repeated multiple times, should have been the guy they kept. They didn't. 
and they sent him to Vegas. We've got Subban, and <laughs> he's going to win the Blackhawks' the Stanley Cup in goal? I don't think so. Um, so, you know, I'm really pissed. I, and, and that's fine. Crawford just had another, his wife had another baby. He's had a lot of health issues over the last two years. He's been out with injuries. I understand him, whatever the reason of this unfit, this general category he falls under, fine. But that just makes me so mad at the organization. And if he's going to retire Corey Crawford, I understand wanting to retire as a Blackhawk, and I think he should. But, you know, they do those little magical one-day contracts where they could have fucking traded Crawford and called it a day and then at the beginning of next season signed him for a day so he could fucking retire as a Blackhawk. I mean, there are so many other things that could have been done here that didn't happen. And I'm just really upset with the organization. We have this miracle opportunity to participate in the playoffs for the Stanley Cup. We've got these other stellar players on our team. And when you don't have a goalie, you're completely fucked. And I'm sorry, Subban, I, I, have, I have no faith in him. He's been a backup goalie basically his entire career, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's only been, I mean, he's only been, been in the big leagues only what two years I mean he was the backup for for Flurry wasn't he yeah and I think he did did he have a couple appearances in the playoffs I don't know maybe he has I think he I did, don't know but you do but he is still somewhat of a rookie and you gotta think Jordan Bennington he came into the blues and you know he he turned around oh. he's he's a big shot now PK for Subban. no not PK Malcolm Malcolm, Malcolm is no Jordan Bennington. I know, but I was just, you know, trying to to help you. A little. He could be. He, he could really, be. He could be. He, he could, could be. be. He could be. Well, guess what? We're going to fucking find out on August 1st <laughs> when I have to watch the first Blackhawks game with him in goal, for Christ's sake. Unless they bring up somebody in the minor system, but, like, I don't know how that all works. I'm just... I just got def deflated and I thought, you know, we're going to, we're going to lose this. I'm going into the, the round of the first round of the playoffs with the Blackhawks expecting us to lose, which I know you shouldn't have expectations at all, but I'm going to go into it with that mindset so that I can just say, I'd rather say, I told you so, like we lost <laughs> or be pleasantly surprised if we win and go, all right maybe this team has a chance but and, and let me say this one more time i love my blackhawks and this is from the perspective of a very frustrated blackhawks fan with the last three seasons and the horrible trade decisions made for the team and that's all i have to say about that breezy <laughs> i didn't know what else to say i just had a clap i'm just I, I'm just, you know, I, and everyone's like probably thinking, bitch, you should just be happy we have hockey and your team is in the playoffs. Like, no, this is like long-term frustration. This is years long of frustration. <laughs> and then also, well, like, let's talk about the Bruins because some big news just came out about Pasta not being, he's also unfit to play. And it was also reported that Tuka Rask left one of the practices early. 
So it seems like something's happening with the Bruins, two really important players there. What do you think about yeah. that? That could be a bit dicey. Um, yeah. I mean, they're a good team, but I think that... Uh, Did me just my sneeze? My dog just sneezed, and it was really cute. That was really cute. Anyway, uh, I think it could be uh, a bit dicey. I mean, they're, those are two solid foundation players in the team. And although a team is a team, it's not, you know, a singular person or specific people. Um, I do think that their energy in the locker room and on the ice um, is needed, especially uh, in in playoffs. And I think it's really important time to have the entire team together and a contribution from the entire team and if you're missing two of your top guys uh i think it's going to be tough but i think a lot of people are going to be really excited to hear that news because <laughs> not a lot of people like boston yeah uh so i'm gonna leave it at that yeah yeah there's a lot of fans in philadelphia who are like <laughs> not only that I and mean, pittsburgh, you have pittsburgh and you new york toronto <laughs> i mean you have uh pretty much everybody i would say is You're probably right. pretty excited to hear that but i don't think anybody wants to see anybody sick or hurt yes. or anything like that i just think it's overall it's just agree yeah that's what i said i'm not mad at Corey crawford yeah. um i get it and you know there's what been like seven other players, none of the names that have really, no other really big names that I have seen that have opted, have actually opted out of play. And the reasons that I read for most of them was because like they have either newborn kids or someone in their family, uh, like wife or child has, you know, high risk of health issues. And they have decided, you know, for the safety of their family not to participate. And I fully support all of yeah. those decisions. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I support all the decisions all around. I'm just mad yeah. at my organization for, you know, leaving us without a goalie. Yeah, well, speaking of having a newborn kid, um, Oh my gosh. Did you oh, have a kid? Five. It sounded no. like you were about to say like, there's oh, a baby God, no. in my family or something. Oh, oh dear God, no. Oh, I don't no. mean either. Um, Bo Horvat from yeah. the Canucks just had a baby. And he, there's a headline that came out. And he said opting out was never really an option for him. Uh, he's just hoping to put baby gunner in the cup at the end of it and i thought that was so cool i got so fired up and i was like let's go Canucks. let's go i'm in both you get gunner in that cup <laughs> i th yeah i think that's awesome so many people yeah. have such a different perspective on it i'm trying to look it up um while i talk to you but there was another baby born uh, Matt Martin had a baby. Mm -hmm. He plays for the Islanders, yeah. and I don't know what his plan is. I, I haven't, again, I haven't done enough research to see if he's going to play or not. But there was quite a few babies born during this uh, break. Yeah. But I, but in retrospect, if you were to like really think about it, those babies would have probably been born during like the playoffs or the end of the season, and like you mm -hmm. know, planning wise. Yeah. Sure it makes sense. Been. I mean, you got to figure it would be, yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. 
Well but planned. yeah, I think well that, planned. yeah, well planned. I think it's good. <laughs> I'm sure some of them weren't strategically planned, but uh, I think what that's exciting. I mean, you know, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can't, you can't schedule that baby. You can't yeah. always schedule it. You can't. That's for sure. You can't. Um, but That's I'm happy for, sure. for all the the dads in the in the NHL. But yeah, I mean, this is. Whew, we're getting like ready. The teams are yeah. practicing, and I've got the games already blocked out on my schedule. I'm ready to watch. See, I'm a bit triggered because I'm Why? actually going to be out of town for the first part of it right for the first couple games and I'm like of course this is just my luck I'm not gonna have any power I don't have satellite what am I supposed to do and I'm getting mad and I'm trying to think of if there's a way for me to somehow um get like a solar panel for me (laughs) to be able to like charge my phone while I'm able to like play a game so I don't know we'll see there's a lot going on I know there's a lot happening. Do you have any life updates, Breeze? Mm, no, not really. Still learning your photography and cooking. Uh, I've taken I've taken a little break on the photography, but I am taking photos of my food and posting that on my Instagram and TikTok. I have I got quite a few followers on TikTok from that, so that was that was good. Um, our TikTok is getting a little bit more exposure, Woo-hoo. which is awesome. I don't really have anything much to report. I, I, you know, learning to play hockey is on pause. And, mm-hmm. um, we talk a little bit about that on the episode with our guest. He was curious to see where I was at with that, but, um, you know, the goal still is long-term to, you know, get my butt on ice and take some lessons yeah. and learn to play, but, uh, it's just on pause. Did you, did you get a hockey sauce kit? No. Oh, you no. should. I actually, I have one. I've been playing on the front yard just because I need to get out, but I haven't been wearing gloves. And I know you always said to wear gloves and you use a hockey stick. Well, I get it. I really do get it because my hand is bruised <laughs> from playing. So that's fun. So I do have gloves getting delivered today because can't do it anymore, but very you exciting. You should get a sauce kit. They're fun. Yeah. I will. Well, I have, I have to buy a new stick and everything because I didn't bring my stick with me here to where yeah. I'm at. So I'd have to like get the whole shebang and then how do yeah. I bring that back? And I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet in my brain, but uh, well, soon. soon, but it is fun. I, I got it, it so I can, I can go camping with it. We're going to play it on the beach. I'm going to bring it up to Montana with me. It's going to be epic. Yeah. It's fun. Plus to get the family together. We, uh, I played with my dad last night and we were doing uh trying to see who would win the Stanley Cup and we ended up going into a shootout one on one. I lost. Oh beginner's luck. It was all beginner's luck. That's all I gotta say. I believe it. I believe it. You so let him win. Yeah, that's right. I let him win. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's go with that. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I have. That's all I got too. I know. We're just like and anxiously anticipating the return and there's nothing more to say. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network and the network is home to many other incredible podcasts including this one. <laughs> You're a slob. Like shut your whore mouth. <laughs> 
that's it. Yeah, like the fir- the phrase pigeon toss, like I find that hilarious. <laughs> like as if you were to toss a pigeon. What like, the fuck is a pigeon toss? No, like you just pigeon toss a guy out of the way, like Let's go, he scores! Don't forget to catch Stick in Rank, the healthiest podcast in the Vancouver area every monday on the stick in rink podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts from or on the hockey podcast network every team everywhere you know how fucked i am in the head when you said pigeon toss the first thing i thought of was midget toss we're back all the way from halifax nova scotia we have dustin hall who is the founder of the lifestyle brand nomad hockey whose brand message is quite similar to ours hockey just isn't about the players it is about the fans that follow the game buy tickets fill the seats and follow the game both physically mentally and emotionally dustin thank you so much for coming on we're super excited to have you thanks for having me guys i'm happy to be here for sure so you're originally from Nova Scotia, obviously, right? I'm not, actually. I'm from oh. Southern Ontario. So uh, I'm from Burlington, Ontario. Um, my wife and I came out to Nova Scotia on vacation in 2009. I'm going to start dating myself pretty quick here. And uh, <laughs> we just really loved it out here. It was just so much quieter, such a slower pace of life. And we said, hey, why? We don't have any kids, nothing holding us, tying us down, really. We have family back home. But uh, I said, why not move out to Nova Scotia? So we moved out here after we got married um, by a year. So we've been out here since 2012. So it's not my original home, but uh, it's home. Yeah, that's all, uh, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's nice. home to a couple of famous uh, NHLers too, right? Yeah, I, I, I might've heard a couple of them. Maybe, uh, maybe, right? Like yeah. mm, Sydney something. Right, yeah. He might play for my favorite team. So that's a pretty obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in case anybody missed that joke, it was Sidney Crosby, Crosby, and um, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there you go. He's your favorite player and your, um, your favorite team. Why, why are the Penguins your favorite team? So I grew up in the 80s. Mary um, Lemieux, I actually have no idea why I'm a Penguins fan, but back in the day it was, you know, hockey was hockey night in Canada once a week. Mm-hmm. And good chance that I just like the colors of the team or I saw Mary Lemieux playing and uh, the guy's amazing. And so he's always my, he will always be my favorite player. Um, him and Yager, uh, 66, 68. I wear 67 because it's between the two of them. Uh, also because Penguins, 1967. Canada was formed in 1867. But um, oh, wow. these days, these days, Crosby's my favorite player. Yeah. Um, it kind of ebbs and flows, but come on, he's so exciting to watch and, you know, such a good guy. How can you not like Sidney Crosby? Okay, Flyers oh, fans. I, yeah. Capitals <laughs> fans. I got you. Don't worry. I, I understand. There's a lot of people yelling at, at their phones right now listening to <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm really surprised that I didn't know that was allowed if you're a Canadian to cheer for a, a, a team in the, in the U.S. Oh, God, yeah. So you'll like this. Um, my dad is a Blackhawks fan. Yes. Uh, yeah, always has been. He's Chicago everything. Blackhawks, he's a Cubs fan. He's a Bears fan. Uh, we're not a basketball family, so that sport doesn't count. Um, <laughs> but I've got two older brothers. Um, one grew up a Kings fan. He switched to the Canucks because he hated Jeremy Roenick um, and Sean Avery. Um, another one, he's, uh, he's he a Habs hates... fan. Wait, 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 wait. He hates JR and Sean Avery. Those are two of my favorite people. Yeah, it's it's an attitude thing. I don't know. 
Yeah. Your brother and I are going to have to have a conversation. Yeah, you guys can get it. I'll give you his number. You guys can have a fight out one night. Uh, and I have a little brother who's a Ducks fan. So we're all different teams. I have no idea why, but uh, we all like different teams. And um, yeah, I somehow picked up on Pittsburgh. So I'm Pittsburgh everything. I'm a Penguins fan, Pirates fan, Steelers fan. Um, but I probably shouldn't mention the Pirates because they're terrible. But, um, <laughs> you know, the Penguins have had some really rough years. And so growing up near Toronto, I know, Breezy, you like the Leafs as one of your teams. Um, yeah. I hated the Leafs. Like, hated them. Which is surprising say, living in, in Burlington. You're so close to Toronto. Well, so here's my thought is, so I, <laughs> I used to say I cheer for two teams, Pittsburgh and whoever's playing the Leafs. And uh, growing up with so many Leafs fans, you know, it's, it's like anything. The more of a, a population you have, the more assholes from that population you're bound to meet. So, you know, the Penguins had some really rough years after they won their cup in 92. It kind of went downhill for quite a while. And... Uh, I used to get so much shit all the time from the Leafs fans. So basically it was, you know, I, I started hating the Leafs, not because of the team, because I got nothing against the team specifically, but the fans that I knew, I had some great friends that were Leafs fans, but I, I could never get behind the Leafs while I was living near Toronto because I had so many Leafs fans to deal with. Now that I'm not in Toronto, I don't, I don't mind the Leafs so much. I got, I got other problems in Washington and Philadelphia <laughs> yeah. to deal with, but I don't really care about the Leafs anymore. But yeah, it's, it's, I think you kind of, in Toronto, because it is such a big hockey city, hockey market, that you either love the Leafs or you hate the Leafs. I don't think there's an in-between, unless you don't watch hockey. And if you don't watch hockey, it's pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I would have, uh, I definitely would have thought you would, well, maybe not a Leafs fan, because I know there's a lot of people in uh, the Toronto area that somehow are also uh, Canadians fans. Yeah. Um, and That's occasionally a you'll thing. get a senator. Yeah, you'll get occasionally you'll get a, a senator's fan in there. But uh, very interesting. Yeah, I also lived I, in Niagara Falls for a while, and uh, uh, like when I was pretty young. So um, I was. I also liked the Sabers growing up a bit. Like Pittsburgh's always my number one team. My number two team kind of fluctuates. Whoever I like watching, and so you know we used to go to Sabers games back when it was the odd the auditorium. Um, you know and so that was fun you get to you get to watch these teams more often you get to know the players and you start liking the teams then i guess we don't really need to ask you this question breezy had this question for you are you team Sidney crosby or nathan mckinnon yeah that's uh, that's a given at that point but i'm a huge right. mckinnon fan as well like that guy's exciting to watch he's so fast like he's so shifty like he's amazing like he's he's only getting better like he's he's still he's still working towards his apex like yeah every year it's you know another notch up another notch up and I think uh, I don't want to give too much credit but I think a lot of that goes to him training with Crosby and that influence from Sidney Crosby like um seeing his work ethic like no one you know people can say bad thing whatever they want about Sidney Crosby but no one can criticize his work ethic that guy he's you know first guy on the ice last guy off the ice like he's working hard he's amazing in the community and like you know McKinnon is as well like you obviously hear more about Cross because he's he's a bigger name like he is you know the international face of hockey right so um you hear about pretty much I don't want to say everything Crosby does but you hear a lot more about what he does than what McKinnon does do you ever see those guys do you ever see any of these guys out like when you're out in Nova Scotia I'm imagining it's like it's small right like it's not that big right it's like an island uh, kind of sort of yeah 
<laughs> yeah, we'll just call it an island. Close enough. Okay. It's, it's, it's connected, but it's um, like small though. Like it's not. Yeah, like it is. Like our big... population for the whole province is less than a million, and right. uh, the Halifax area is um, it's like four hundred fifty thousand or something like that. But like I, I literally live like four or five kilometers from where Crosby grew up. Like when I drive my daughter to preschool, we go right past Crosby's house. Like where I think his parents still live. I, I see his, his dad around uh, from time to time and his mom, but I've only ever seen Sydney and Nathan around one time uh, and they were together. And so I was driving home. I don't even where, know where I was going, uh, where I'm coming from. But so um, just behind my house, like you know, as the crow flies, it was you know a few hundred meters. I'm driving down this street and uh, I'm like, man, that guy looks like Crosby. And uh, <laughs> as I'm getting closer, I'm like, that is Crosby. And so I'm wearing a penguin's hat. And uh, my first instinct is like, man, I should pull over and get him to sign my hat. And uh, I'm like, no, no, you know what? It's whatever. It was like July. I don't know. And I'm like, uh, this would have been like five years ago. And um, I was like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to bother him. He's probably out visiting his friend and like these guys are just trying to enjoy their summer. Like I'm not going to be that guy who goes and, you know, disrupts his summer. So like, I kind of drive by, like I'm driving fairly slowly cause he's literally like on the road getting into his car. So we're like three feet apart. And I kind of just give a little nod and carry on my way. And uh, later that night, I, um, I'm on Facebook and I see this, this little video clip. So it turns out, so there was um, a little boy in our neighborhood who was battling leukemia. And um, there was this little fundraiser that was going on and they built him a, like a playground in his backyard because he couldn't really go out. And so to have a nice comfortable spot for him in his backyard. And uh, I guess Crosby had somehow gotten wind of this like GoFundMe or whatever it was that they had published. And um, he and McKinnon went out and they went and like had water gun fights with the kid. And like, they just <laughs> basically went and played with the kid for a couple hours. And um, I had heard from other people that he specifically asked some like, reporters that showed up to like stay on the other side of the street to so stay on like don't come close like this isn't like I don't want this to be about me this is about the kid and, and that kind of thing and like he wanted nothing to do with the media on that like he was just doing a good thing to do a good thing and uh so after the fact I was like I'm so glad I didn't stop and bother him because he was out there doing something good for this kid in the neighborhood and like I don't know I would have felt like a real dick to have been bothering him like that <laughs> Cause I, you know, they get it all the time. Like, yeah. So, um, so that's my, as close to meeting Sidney Crosby as I've become. So maybe that's, one day. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's still a pretty good story and typical Sid doing, uh, doing Sid things and just being a great guy. So that's a, that's a good story to have. I, I just I, got to find somebody that knows him to get him in some nomad gear. Cause that'd be fantastic. Or, Nick, right. or McKinnon. I thought yeah. I had the McKinnon hookup from a guy I play hockey with, but I didn't want to, I don't, I'm not very good at asking for stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy offered, he's like, oh, like I play hockey with, with Nathan's dad. I don't, I won't want to say his name, but yeah. um, he's like, I can talk to him. And you know, at the time it was McKinnon had just been injured or something like that. And I was like, leave him alone, leave him alone. Like, don't bother, yeah. don't, don't bother with this. Like, I don't, he doesn't need that right now. Like, um, but yeah, it is a small community. And like, I know people um, that are friends with Sydney, um, but I would never use that to right you know to my own advantage like maybe yeah. if we run into each other one time like i'll ask him myself but i'm never asking like a friend to ask him like yeah just can't do that would you but, get like starstruck and be like uh i'm gonna ask uh, never mind i'm not gonna ask you i don't know like i think i've been pretty good in the past with my like nhl player encounters that i don't think uh, i've ever felt too starstruck 
I think, yeah. you know, you, we all tend to have, you know, make these people be these massive, larger than life individuals. And then you meet these people and they're just, just like you and me, except they're really good at hockey. Like, you know, that's, that's the only difference. Like, and most of them are good people in the hockey community, you know, mm-hmm. with some exceptions, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, once you meet, you know, a player or two, you, you feel a little more comfortable. Like Ray Ray, I'm sure like you felt the same way with what you've done. Like, Oh yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I punched the commissioner in the arm for Christ's sake. Like I felt real comfortable. Like I felt like I there's a lot of people that like to do that. I think a lot of people <laughs> like to do that. <laughs> I mean, it just like, it just happened. I don't know what came over me, but I just felt so comfortable because they're just real. And yeah. you know, when you're real yourself doing interviews and interacting with them, they're just regular people, you know, yeah, exactly. it was, yeah. I mean, I did freak out a little bit when I saw Kane, I had a little bit of that like fan moment. Like it came out when I saw him, like you have to call <laughs> after these people on the red carpets and right, stuff yeah. at, when I was at the NHL awards last year. And I was like, Kater! Kater! and then I was like, Oh my God, be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Like, you know, but it was like, you still have to like kind of holler at them to like come over. Did uh, you notice the crowd of people turn and look at you when you did that? You know what? I didn't notice anything. I was like in my <laughs> own vision. world. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't care. I mean, like when I when I gave Gare a good shove in the arm, you know, I like didn't even know what happened until like one of the other camera guys who's been doing this for like 15 years was like, you just punched the commissioner in the shoulder. I'm like, yeah. Six well, inches higher, is- right? Six inches yeah. higher. I'm like, is that okay? Am I gonna get kicked off the red carpet? I'm like, I don't know what came over me. It just happened. And like the commissioner laughed. It wasn't a big deal, but like, you know, he's like, I've he's never in like, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like never yeah. in my 15 years, he goes, Have I ever seen a reporter do that to the commissioner? <laughs> like, well, that's just who I am. I don't give a fuck. I you know, I treat everybody like they're regular people. Like Perfect. I didn't treat him any differently just because he's the commissioner. Yeah. And I'm sure he really appreciated it. That's what I'm I tell sure. myself every day so I can sleep at he, night. He probably did. <laughs> yeah. I think it's about it nightly. <laughs> but, oh man. Yeah. That's funny. So tell us, like, do you have any other really good stories of meeting players? You had alluded to the fact that you, you know, encountered a few. Do you have any interesting ones that you want to share or are there any so, that, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so one of my favorites. Um, so as I said before, I'm a Lemieux fan, huge Lemieux fan. And um, I'm trying to remember what year it was. I think it was like 2001 or something like that. So so when Mary Lemieux retired the first time, um, I was a teenager and like I was so upset that he retired. And I saved up like money to buy tickets to go to Buffalo to see the last time he was going to play like in a city close by. When I got there, he didn't play. Uh, Yager didn't play. Ron Francis didn't play. Those are my three favorite players. And so I was like, so disappointed. I thought, you know, like, I'm never going to get to see Marilyn you play. Like he's retired, like it's over. And then, so he comes back from retirement. And uh, of course I was like, we're going down to Pittsburgh and we're going to watch him. And um, I wore my team Canada Jersey to the game. So in this game, Yarmir Yager had a hat trick. It was hat night. And um, I was like eight rows from the glass. I was there with my dad. I remember just like, I kept my hat. I made sure my dad kept his hat but we must've thrown 15 hats on the ice because people throwing them from high up couldn't reach the ice. And we're just picking them up and throwing all these hats over. And it's like one after the other. And like, it was awesome. And after the game, um, the mute comes out of, I think Crosby comes out of the same spot or did. 
because it's no longer the Civic Arena, uh, came out of the same spot from underneath Civic Arena and he would drive up. And uh, so we found out where he was coming from and I had bought this sign that said Pittsburgh Penguins Ave. And uh, so we waited and Lemieux comes up and he rolls down his window and I have him sign my, uh, sign my sign. And then I called my dad over who's like pretty embarrassed to be like coming over to get an autograph because he's, you know, he's like 50 something. And um, well, he's like waiting for my dad to get over. He says to me, nice jersey. And uh, so I'm like, well, you better be playing for us next year. He's like, ah, he's like, we're not sure yet, right? And um, so yeah, it was just a small little interaction. But like for me, like that was such a cool interaction to be able to like have that moment with Mary Lemieux. Like, and then of course he did win uh, gold with Canada at the Salt Lake City Olympics in 2002. And um, so that was, that's a pretty good one. But now I'm remembering another good one I had. Um, I used to work for a company, um, that had a team in a, a charity tournament or one of these tournaments where like the pros come out and play a game. Um, and they're like, do you want to come out? And I had literally just quit that job uh, a week before. Like I only had a few days left with that company. And I was like, are you sure? Like, do you want me to come out? Like, cause you know, I'm not going to be with the company anymore. And they're like, we know you're a huge hockey fan. Like we need some guys and I'm no great hockey player. Like I'm a decent beer leaguer. Like I was a good house leaguer. Um, that's about it. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm coming out. Like, um, I canceled plans to come out. And, uh, so I show up and we have Paul Coffey on the team. And so wow. being a Penguins fan, you know, Paul Coffey was like a huge part of the Penguins. Um, I know a lot of people probably think of him as an oiler, but, um, yeah, so I play with Paul Coffey and, uh, he's coming up. I'm on the ice with him at the time and he's still amazing. Like his hands are, it looks like he's still in the NHL. So he's, he's curling back uh, through our own end with the puck and I'm a right winger. So I'm cutting hard up the right side. And as he's curving up down the middle of the ice, I cut hard towards the center and he fires me this, like probably one of the hardest passes I've ever taken on my backhand. And I pick it up and I go in and uh, just before getting the shot off, I get taken down and uh, we get to the bench and he leans over and he's like, Hey buddy. Uh, yeah. He's like, he's like, man, that was like shades of Gretzky out there. The way you cut in like that. I'm like, oh, thanks. He's like, he's like, I'll accept the finish. And I was like, oh, man, I got tripped up. He's like, Gretzky would have found a way. And I was like, damn it. And so I was like, uh, Paul Coffey will never remember that. But like, I will remember that the rest of my life. And, you know, I think uh, it kind of speaks, speaks volumes to these guys coming out and doing these things and having these, like, even these little interactions mean so much to the fans and, you know, the guys they're playing with or whoever, like it, it it's a difference maker. Like, people love hockey players because they're not afraid to do those things. They, they go out and they, you know, they're active in the community and things like this. And, you know, we as fans love it that they're accessible. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think that kind of makes it right. Yeah. So yeah, those are probably my two favorite. Um, probably I'll give you one other one while we're at it. Um, Let's go for it. So uh, I went to the Spengler cup. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. You're, it's awesome. So it's uh it's the oldest hockey tournament in the world, and uh, it takes place in Davos, Switzerland, every year over Christmas. So from um, December twenty sixth to the thirty first every year, um, they're uh, getting close to a hundred years that it's been going on now. And there's usually a team Canada. There's been a team Canada in this tournament for the last like it's probably like thirty years. I don't know the actual number. Um, but so I went over um, by myself to to watch the Spengler Cup. 
Um, I love international hockey. Like it's, it's amazing. And uh, so the players um, up to a certain point, the Spangler cup was held outdoors. And then I think it was like only in the seventies or something like that, they brought it indoors and it's this really cool rink. Uh, they don't have it this way anymore, but they have these big glass panels on the side of the rink that are open up and uh, you can get like sun on the ice uh, during games at times. And it's just beautiful. And uh, so the, they do an outdoor team Canada does an outdoor skate every year with their family and stuff like that. So I was just walking around town and, you know, I look over at the outdoor rink that they have there and I see, you know, red and white. And I'm like, Oh, like, uh, I wonder if that's team Canada. Well, I get there and it wasn't team Canada. It was, uh, somebody else, but team Canada was coming out. And I was like, Oh, sweet. And, uh, so I'm watching, I'm taking pictures. Uh, I'm a photographer. So I was, you know, getting some pictures of the guys like playing outside with the mountains in the background. And, uh, I'm talking to this woman and, uh, She's like, she yells out to the ice, Jason, Jason, come here. And so this guy, Jason Strudwick, who uh, I think of him as an Edmonton Oiler. So most guys playing in the Spangler Cup are um, either trying to get back to the NHL or they're past their NHL careers and they're playing in Europe or whatever. And um, So she just, you know, introduces me to him. And like, it, it was like a nothing interaction. But afterwards, after their practice, they do their family skate where uh, it's just the family comes on the ice. And so this was kind of before the Spangler cup got pretty big in Canada. Like it's pretty well known now. It doesn't rival the world juniors by any stretch, but uh, so he's like, Hey, you want to come out on the ice? So I got to go out on the ice with the team Canada and their families for their like family skate. Um, wow. Cause he was like, you're like the only Canadian that's here. That's not part of like our entourage of like, I don't know how many people, <laughs> probably like 60, 70 people that were there. Um, so that's pretty cool. And it was just yeah. another like, that's just a little nice little thing that the guy didn't have to do, but he did. And you know, it made the world, you know, meant the world to me. So did you um, have skates? I didn't have skates with me at the time. I did bring skates with me on the trip. Um, They're about the only thing that made it. Everything else went with the rest of the plane to India. Oh, God. Unfortunately. Um, so what did you do when you went on the ice? Time. I just, I just walked out on the ice and uh, just watched. And yeah. Like... Guy gave me a stick and just kind of, pass the puck around with some guys and stuff like that. And huh. um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I do wish I had my skates at the time, but That's cool. uh, yeah, it's, you got to check it out. Cause I know you guys have talked a bit about like the atmosphere in different arenas. Mm -hmm. It like these games in Europe, they put the NHL to shame. Like the NHL yes. fans are boring. Like compared to like these, some of these Europe, I'm not going to say everybody, some of these European places just, it's like a soccer atmosphere. Like we're up there like jumping, like, you know, the Davos is the main team and it's hockey club Davos, which so is like HCD. And like, um, I'm not going to try to repeat it cause I can't remember exactly, but I still can kind of <laughs> hear like the chants in my head. Like these guys are like jumping up and down the whole game. Like it's not even seating on the end. Like it's just standing room. And, uh, it's just an incredible experience to be there and ex like feel that crowd yeah. and that atmosphere. And yeah, it was, it's incredible. Like I, I think anyone needs to go check out events like that. Um, uh, so worth it. Yeah, I've heard that the games there are like very intense and the chants and they like, there's like pyro and they come out of oh, tunnels God, yeah. and like, like really, you said it yeah. perfectly that the NHL looks like we're the lamest yeah, we're all just fucking sport. <laughs> like there, we're all just sitting there watching. Like, they're just, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I was, um, I'm it's not a, a different fan, experience. But, uh, like, I, I primarily watch like the, uh, the World Cup for soccer and stuff like that. But, um, so I used to have season tickets for the Toronto FC um, when they first started. So we had season tickets for like five years before we moved out to Nova Scotia. And um, 
the atmosphere there was like we're just up cheering chanting the whole game like the only reason you have seats is for halftime like you're just not in those seats and it's just so exciting and you go to a hockey game and like there's there's nothing that beats the play of a hockey game live like you can't compare that to anything like it's just how fast it is but the fan experience I, I would love to see more of that like so that's why you know when you see things like um the Carolina Hurricanes doing their um storm surge storm surge thank you I could just listen to your podcast or mention it the other day um I love that like it's so it's exciting it gets fans off off their seats it gets them you know paying attention it gets them excited and invested in the team and you know wanting to see what happens and I love that stuff like I think I think we would love to see more of that stuff and um I'm hoping that when Seattle comes around that maybe these new franchises can institute some of these things so that it's just part of their hockey culture. Like you go to Toronto and it's like, you look, anybody watches a game, you look at all those platinum seats at the bottom and you come back from an intermission and those people are up in those lounges. Like they're not mm-hmm. even there. Like, and they're the expensive, I don't want to say good seats. Cause I think I agree with you, Ray Ray, that yeah. I would yeah. rather sit up higher and then sit right at the glass. Cause you can't see shit. Yeah. Um, but you know, those seats that like, the optics to that you look at and you're watching on TV. It's like, there's nobody there. It looks like you're watching a, a Panthers game, sort of Panthers game. <laughs> come on. Um, but yeah, like, I'd true. love to see more of that. Oh. Yeah, that I think. True. Go ahead, Brace. No, I was just going to say that that is true. It's pretty funny. When I went and saw, I went to a Leafs game back in January and it was a, it was a full house, but Jack Hughes uh, was obviously it was his first game back home. Uh, they were playing oh, the Devils. Yeah. And so, it was, a, it was a big night, so there's a lot of people that, that were there. The seats were full, and then after the first intermission, uh, there was, like, nobody in the lower level, and I'm like, what, what is going on here? It was crazy. They're getting the free booze. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than like paying, like, they 15 bucks. I know, I know. <laughs> like, if you're sitting down there in those hundred levels, like, like you need the free booze, like, what the, the hell? Those tickets are so expensive. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about your brand. Uh, yeah, sure. you describe it tell us uh give us the inside scoop for those that that may not know what it is yeah so basically um nomad hockey is kind of for fans from the backyard rink to to the pros it's it's about people who love to so our tagline i can see it well i know people listen and can't see it on my shirt but our tagline is follow the game and so it's a double entendre it's it's got two meanings we got follow the game the way that most of us follow the game as fans. Like you follow your team. Like I follow the penguins. Like, um, but it also means like if you get a chance to let hockey take you somewhere, you'll follow that. Like um, there's so many opportunities out there. There's so many leagues. There's so much incredible hockey around the world. And it's, you know, people think of it as like just, you know, a Canadian thing or, a, you know, uh, a Nordic country thing. Like that those countries are the only ones that can lay claim to hockey, but it's, you know, it's everywhere. Like, um, I've been as far as New Zealand to play hockey in Australia. And, um, you know, I've watched hockey in Switzerland and Austria. And, like, it, it's some of my favorite experience have been out, experiences have been outside of Canada. And, um, you know, you find these opportunities, you can take them. Like, look at, you know, certain players decide, you know, I'm going to go try to play in Europe. And they let hockey take them to Europe. And they absolutely love it. They they meet people. They, you know, build root. Uh, put down roots, they make families, um, they, you know, move countries because they love these experiences and these things that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise if it weren't for hockey. And uh, that's kind of what we're about is we're about the idea that hockey is, it's for everyone to go anywhere. 
And um, yeah, you just never know what opportunity is waiting around the corner for you. Tell us a little bit more about how, so like, did this sort of like love of the game and the sport you've talked, you've mentioned you've, you play and you've followed it, you know, is that what started the brand or yeah, so I think, like I think, what to be inspired honest, it? So I think to be honest, I mentioned briefly, like uh, that I played in New Zealand. So that was part of a, a traveling team uh, called the Canadian Moose. So I was in university and uh, I was looking at doing, yeah, I'm sorry. I know, right? Of course that's what it was called. <laughs> um, but I was in the university and uh, I was doing a degree in psychology with the plan of going to teacher's college. And uh, I had a friend, she was like, have you ever looked at doing teacher's college like outside of Canada? Cause it's, you know, can be easier to get in and you can have a cool experience. I was like, no, I hadn't even considered it. And she's like, yeah, like, why don't you look around? And uh, so I did. And I was like, New Zealand would be pretty freaking cool, like to go to teacher's college somewhere like that. And um, so I started looking into it and uh, I, I was like, man, like it's tough because you can't go check these schools out to know what they're really like. And uh, another friend was like, my uncle runs a team that goes down to New Zealand every year. You know, why don't you see if you can get on his team? And while you're there, you get some downtime, you can go check out the school, which is in Dunedin, uh, Southern Island the South Island of New Zealand. And I was like, yeah, like, that's awesome. Like, great. So I, you know, contacted her uncle. I managed to get on the team. And uh, by the time we actually went to New Zealand, I no longer wanted to go to teacher's college, but hell, I was still down for an awesome experience. And uh, so just going there and experiencing, like, I, we played against the New Zealand national team and uh, we beat them in like five straight games. Like we're a bunch of beer leaguers. Uh, I was like a fourth liner in this team like I you know not the best player and that's fine I I'm well aware of that and um, you're going to New Zealand so you, yeah I mean it's good yeah. I scored some scored a few goals while I was down there I had some assists I actually threw a hit or two and I'm not a big guy so that felt pretty good um but yeah that experience I think really solidified it and uh right before I'd gone to New Zealand my ex-girlfriend was in uh, Europe on an exchange and I spent two months uh living with her in Slovenia which I had pretty much never heard of before I started dating this girl. It's right beside Italy um, for the record. Um, <laughs> and uh, while I was there, I brought my rollerblades cause I knew I was going to New Zealand after and I wanted to, you know, keep in shape. And I picked up a hockey stick while I was there. And I just was, while she was in school, I rollerblade around town and I would, you know, go stick handle and shoot pucks at tennis courts and stuff like that. And these guys came up to me one day they're like, Hey, you want to play hockey? And so that was, um, that was in 2005 and I'm still friends with those guys. Some of those guys today in that are Slovenian guys, um, just by through hockey and like all this stuff kind of adds up and, um, you just learn that it's these chances, these opportunities that back to following the game again, like you can be like a nomad, you can go where, you know, like a nomad technically is, or traditionally is like, someone that follows resources, right? Like hockey's, hockey's my resource. So like I'll follow hockey wherever, wherever I can. Um, and yeah, I'll kind of spawn from that. And um, yeah, I know just, we're all like really biased because we're all hockey fans, but I feel like for whatever reason, the friendships that come from hockey are so much, they're so, they mean more, pure. they're deeper, yeah. they're pure, they're more authentic. Like you're still friends with these guys. Like that's crazy. But I don't know that that's the case in other sports, especially if you're just playing like pickup 
basketball or soccer. I mean, I don't know. Cause we don't, I mean, I don't pay attention to those other sports really, but like, well. I think there's something unique about the hockey community and the players and the, and this sport that it creates these long lasting connections and relationships. And I mean, there's documentaries being made about it that we've interviewed on this podcast. And this is a topic that I'm constantly and breezy are, we're both constantly asking this question, like, what is it that makes that the yeah, way in hockey? It's the unknown factor. Like I played baseball, yeah. like I was a better baseball player than a hockey player. I played triple A ball until I was like a 15 or 16, something like that. But I gave it up cause I just loved hockey more, but I don't, I don't have any, friends still from baseball like um but yeah like hockey like you can god like i got people i know from all sorts of places from hockey and yeah i have no idea what it is maybe it's just the fact that it is such a team game that you have to be there sticking up for people like i've stuck up for people teammates that i don't like before because it's it's your teammate you know like you've got each other's back and and that builds relationships that builds friendships maybe i didn't like the guy before but maybe we're buddies now like um it's, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of it that because you are so invested in everybody getting through this, you know, for that common goal that, you know, you, you just make friendships that way or what it is, but yeah, I don't know. Hockey's hockey's something else. It really is. So have you had any current pro players wear Nomad Hockey? Current pro? Um, I don't think any current pros yet. No. Um, retired counts too. Yeah, well, retired. Yeah, Mikhail Grabowski. <laughs> so uh, he's uh, he's actually a business partner in Nomad. Okay. Um, and that came about in a very random way. He's working on a project that he wanted to call Nomad Hockey, and him him and his business partner, and uh, they found out that I've got Nomad Hockey, so. They're like, instead of us just buying the name out from you, you know, why don't we invest in you and uh, we can work together. And uh, so his project's a little on hold at the moment because he's been coaching in Belarus, but uh, I've actually never met him yet. I've spoken to him on the phone and that's about it. Well, Eric Good Goodbranson should be having something in his, uh, his mailbox pretty soon. So um, there's a bit of a story to that. Um, yeah, tell us. So, we like stories here. Um, so my daughter had cancer. So um, she's six years old now. She's, uh, when she's three years old, she's diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And uh, she spent six and a half months pretty much entirely in hospital other than a few days that she got to come, come home. Um, and while we were there, we, we met some people. Um, and uh, that's a bit of another story. But um, so there's Eric Goodbranson's um, uh, I don't know how much I want to say this, but, uh, he's had a family member who's had cancer as well, um, childhood cancer and, uh, somebody that we are mutual friends with, uh, contacted him and was like, Hey, like, I know this guy, uh, his daughter had leukemia and, you know, could you like send him, send him something? So he sent my daughter a sign stick and a, uh, a duck's hat. So, he was on the Penguins when she originally contacted him, but then he got traded to the Ducks. So he sent a Ducks hat. So oh, I wow. ironically have a little Ducks fan in my house now. And, um, but yeah, so he doesn't know it yet because I actually haven't put it in the mail yet, but I contacted uh, his wife about what size shirt he wears. So he'll be getting like a hoodie uh, in the mail within the next 
next week or so. Like I literally just wrote him this thank you letter uh, yesterday. It's been on my to-do list for ages, but I was waiting to see what happened with COVID, whether they'd go back to Anaheim or whatever and how the season was going to pan out. But when they officially canceled it, I was like, you know, I got to get on this. Like I can't be taking forever to do this. So, so I'm sending him uh, like a hoodie and he sent uh, like a sign stick and a hat to my daughter. And like, it was just like a little thank you. Like, a, um, just to let him know how much like we appreciate that. And like how much, how seeing the look on my daughter's face, like how special it made her feel to like, to get that, even though like, you know, she's, she was five years old when she got, she just turned six, I said. Um, she's not a huge hockey fan like I am yet. Like, I'm open, she will be one day. Um, but like, so she doesn't really understand just yet, like how how big a deal that is. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like it, it means a lot to me, um, probably more than it does to my daughter at the moment, but that'll change as she gets older and she learns more. Um, but yeah, so hopefully I'll, I'll see him wearing one of these Nomad shirts pretty soon. How's your daughter doing though? Oh, she's great. She's, okay. um, yeah, she's uh, on May 9th. She was two years cancer free. And so with leukemia, with uh, leukemia, uh, two years is the mo- moment where the doctor say to you, we don't expect it to come or we don't, uh, we don't worry about it coming back. You will, but we don't. So Got it. it doesn't mean there's zero chance it's going to come back. Uh, there certainly are chances it could, could come back. Yeah, English is tough. Um, it's okay. But uh yeah, like, you know, she's doing well. She, she actually has no idea how bad it could be. That's uh, good. We've seen, you know, a number of kids that didn't win this fight, and it's heartbreaking. Um, and we know that how lucky we are. Like, she had a really rough treatment. Um, she's actually going to be in, like, a journal, um, like a medical journal, because she had some uh, stuff happen that has never happened to anyone else before, at least wow. documented ever happened to anyone. You know, like, she hates, uh, you asked her what her least favorite floor is at the, the IWK is the children's hospital. You ask her what her least favorite floor is, she tells you it's the third floor, that's where the, uh, the ICU is. Um, but yeah, like uh, she's doing great. Um, while we were there, um, I also got to give a shout out to uh, Jill Sonier. So she is from Halifax. Uh, she plays for Team Canada. Um, so she unfortunately got a silver medal, the Olympics. We're so proud of her still. But um, I would say, unfortunately, because you guys in the States got the goal. Um, but so she came to the hospital um, on a little visit and with her uh, silver medal. And uh, nice. so I was super pumped. I'm like, yes, we're going to go meet her. And then uh, my daughter's name is Isla. And Isla was like, no, she didn't want to go. So I was like, you know what? I'm taking our youngest one, Autumn, who I was like a year and a half old at the time. And uh, so I took her and she and I like met Jill and got to hold the, the medal and stuff like that. And so, I went back and then I was like, I do want to go. So I brought her over and um, Jill was just like so inspired by her. She's this little bald girl, you know, like um, lifting the metal. And like, I took a little video. And so Jill contacted me later and had me um, send her the video and she posted on her Instagram and stuff like that. And so we've been in touch. She came to my daughter's birthday party the year after she was out of the hospital. Um, What? We're we're still friends with her. And uh, uh, I played in a charity event that she hosted. which was the best hockey I've ever played in. Uh, and um, yeah, like there's little connections, you know, you meet these, these people um, locally who, like I said before, they're just regular people and uh, they're just out there trying to do most of them the best they can with like whatever we call people that are local, locally famous in Halifax, like Hallie famous. So she's, <laughs> she's definitely like Hallie famous. And um, yeah, we're just like, 
just like Eric Goodprince and like I'm a fan for life I'm a fan of Jill's for life like um yeah and just yeah it's just incredible to see the good things that these people are happy to do and Jill will go on and on about how much how more she got out of it than we did like uh and we also had some Halifax Mooseheads the QMJHL team come out and meet my daughter and it was a day when uh she couldn't see so one of the uh side effects at a time is that eye sensitivity to light and so she was getting eye drops like four drops at a time every two hours 24 hours a day um and like I can't put one eye drop in my eye without crying like and she's doing this and like she's just like a little fighter and so we met these four four guys who um played for the Mooseheads and uh she got a signed jersey from Otto Sampe who's a Tampa Bay Lightning prospect and uh he I think it was him yeah he was billeted with somebody who's friends of a friend and she got in touch with me and said like you know like Otto came back and was just like so inspired by Isla like she's this like little trooper and like um he had no idea that he would get back to us saying these things and like how saying how like how much it meant to them to be able to come and like just you know come for an hour and you know show your sport and help these kids out uh that this brings me back to Sidney Crosby who like I said haven't met him but uh, we heard stories that he would come and visit the hospital uh, often at Christmas. And uh, so Christmas time's coming around. My daughter's in the hospital for Christmas. And I, of course, I'm like, I have no idea what size shirt Crosby wears. So I'm like, I got like a large, medium, a large, an extra large, like, like in one of the drawers in my daughter's room. I'm like Crosby comes, I'm getting him in, in one of these Nomad hoodies. Like he's getting one. And uh, so unfortunately he didn't come, which is fine. Like you don't, you don't get your hopes up. You, you just can't do that. Um, but yeah, like just hearing the stories that he would, he'd come and um, visit kids and there's a, there's a, a team lounge there, which is sponsored by Sidney Crosby and, or the Crosby foundation or whatever, in some way, shape or form. I'm not sure all the details on that, but so, um, my daughter called the Crosby room. Cause there's like, I forget what they're called, but those like big wall pictures, like just outside the door of like Sidney Crosby hoisting the Stanley cup and uh, stuff like that. So it's like the Crosby room kind of thing. And you know, these, these guys are out there doing amazing things. And um, a lot of it, they don't, they don't want to make public and they're just doing it to be good, good people. Um, and most of the, most hockey players that I know are good people, even like just the guys that play beerly with, most of them are good people. And, um, you know, maybe that brings us back to why hockey's so incredible. Yeah. Like so many good people. Now there are assholes, yeah. that's not going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. well, we have our run-ins, but, you know, and, I, another thing is my my hockey league so when my daughter was sick um my the commissioner of my league was like hey Dustin like you know do you want your money back like if you want to leave like the league like I'm not going to like penalize you or anything like that like, I totally understand I'm like you know what I'm like no like I, I need this like um I need that hour a week so my wife was in the hospital full-time with my daughter and I had our youngest daughter full-time at home and, uh I would have my wife's friend would come for you know, two hours a week and watch my my youngest while I would go play hockey and just being able to focus on something else for an hour a week just to be able to sit there and you know not have to think cancer 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 um you know meant a lot to me and like you know my my team did a fundraiser like my wife is out of work like I'm uh, a professional photographer and there's no way I could focus to do any work at the time like it just I couldn't be there I shoot mostly weddings I do some sports stuff but I just couldn't couldn't put my head into it so I wasn't working so you know, the league, they, they put together a fundraiser for me. And like, you know, that stuff like brings you to tears. Like um, everyone, you got each other's back. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's a guy that, you know, I got into a run in the week before 
um, punched him in the face and he put a hundred bucks in like this pot to support like me and my family. Like um, you're all there, you know that it could be any one of you. Like, and um, you know, hockey's just an amazing thing. Like such good people. Yeah, it really is. And I, I think that's what, you know, kind of makes everyone connect with the sport so much is just knowing that pretty much all the players are good people and they all do good things. And even though it's not super public, um, at some point or another, it does end up getting out to the public of, of what these guys are doing on their spare yeah. time oh, and, yeah. and not uh, not making a big deal of, but it's, it's a huge deal to, to a lot of people. So these stories are, are always good to hear is uh, just to kind of bring it down and just so people know that these players are, are human. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard so, so many of these stories from people that have shared their stories of meeting players in different yeah. capacities. And it means so much to the fans. And I think the players really do know that. And I think they really do their best to go out of their way to whenever they can, you know, really take the time and say hello and, oh, yeah. and, and do what they can, because I think especially hockey players are just so grateful that they get to play this sport that they are obsessed with and that they love so much. So yeah. I want to know, Rachel, for... how, how's your hockey training going? Oh, <laughs> that's how I feel every time I talk about it. Um, it's so hard to learn something new as an adult. Oh my God. Um, it's on pause at the moment because I am, I'm in, I'm in Maine right now and yeah. I didn't bring my stick because, well, I just don't know how to travel with it. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm so new at this. And I thought, well, I could just buy another stick here. Um, but I am considering getting some rollerblades so that I can work on uh, the skating aspect of things right. um, while I'm here. Cause that's something I can do. Um, but I'm just so afraid. I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to fall down <laughs> and I don't want to break anything. And I like, and, and they're uh, expensive inline skates these days are expensive. Like, um, like I've been, I don't have a pair. Like, uh, the last time I had inline skates was in 2005 and I gave them away while I was in Europe to a guy that, uh, had a greater need than I did. And I also didn't want to have to backpack around with them for too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was looking at buying them. I walked into pro hockey life, uh, store i don't know if you have it in the states i think it's just canadian and there's one pair of i i definitely i also want to call them rollerblades but there's one pair of inline skates they're like a thousand bucks i'm like my ice skates i paid like 250 bucks for like i'm not paying a thousand bucks for inline skates i got some teeth knocked out so and i, I just started a job at the time and i had no insurance so it was a lot of money spent i had uh i had three root three root canals three crowns you're supposed uh, to be encouraging me, Dustin, not discouraging. Oh, that's me. okay. Yeah, it's, it doesn't <laughs> you, if you wear a face cage, you're fine. And wear a mouth guard. Yeah. I was, I had been playing in a charity game uh, in Toronto, and then I, my buddy and I were like, you know, we can make our league game. It's only a half hour drive, so we go half equipment. We drive out. Uh, we get there for like just before third period starts. We're getting dressed in the dressing room. I'm like, I can't find my mouth guard. I always wear my, always wear my mouth guard. I'm like, I can't find it. And you're like, it's one period. I'm gonna go out. I go out to the bench. I'm like, no. Okay, I got to find my mouth guard. I go back to the dressing room. I look everywhere. I'm like, I can't find a muscle left to get the ring. You know what? It's one period. Back to that again. I go out and the guy's like, watch out. Number 26 is being a real dick out there. And I'm like, okay. okay. So anyway, I bump into this guy in front of the net and I think nothing of it. I'm like, oh, sorry. Like I'm still on this high because we beat this team with ex-NHLers and stuff. And I had like 
seven points. And uh, so I'm like, oh, sorry, man. And he said, he turns around, cross checks me super hard, like, like right in the ribs. And he goes, fuck you. And so I, I can't, I can't let that go. So I, of course, go cross check him back. And as I'm doing it, I'm saying, fuck you back. And I'm like, fuck you. And I'm like, looking, and the ref's looking straight at me. So my eyes aren't looking at this guy. My eyes are looking right at the ref. And I'm like, shit, I'm getting a penalty. As I'm doing that, the guy goes, bam, and cross checks me right in the face. Oh. And, uh, killed the nerves in my teeth. And uh, I, their goalie on the team helped me pick up my teeth. I, I put them on the bench and I took the next face off. Anyway, after the game, um, I get in the dressing room. And as I said, half equipment. So I, my jeans are in my bag and I pull my jeans out. Mouth guard goes flying out in the middle of the room where it just goes dead silent. And it's like, fuck. They're like, and I was working night shift at the time. They're like, Dusty, I think you should call in sick to work tonight. I'm like, yeah, let's go to the bar. I don't, I don't drink, but um, yeah. And I'm like a rare hockey player who doesn't drink, but um, yeah, we went over to the bar and some of the guys from the other team were there and uh, um, they had just ordered some, I think it was wings and they just arrived at the table when we arrived and they saw who it was and they're like, Oh, here, why don't you have these? Like, I'm like, uh-huh. and they didn't even mean as a joke. They, they just didn't think I'm like, I, like, why wouldn't you just offer me a beer? Like, like I don't drink, but like it would have, I, would have made more sense, but yeah. Anyway, moral of the story is wear your fucking mouth guard. Got it. Um, I keep a spare one in my bag. I have a rule. <laughs> I will not play without a mouth guard now. So yeah, I always have a spare one in my bag. And um, I love how we just breezed over the fact, just like any good hockey player does. You were like, I lost all my fucking teeth. I picked them up and put them and I took the next face off only in hockey. And I yeah. love it. A reason number one bajillion five five hundred thousand why I love this fucking sport. If well, I wasn't worried about it. losing more teeth at that point. Right. <laughs> but like, God, it just pisses me off when you watch these NBA players and like soccer players like flop around and you're like, oh, tough enough, bitch. I lost all my teeth and I took the next face off. Fuck yeah. you. Like, if, that's, if, that's if what really I hurt, would say. If you're really hurt, you're not rolling around like that. If you're really hurt, you're laying there like pretty much yeah. still like if you're really hurt does nomad sell um jerseys because like when i play like when i get to that point in my path i mean we do am i gonna Absolutely. be should i be buying like what nomad hockey jerseys right now like, we got we got black or white i think i'm not sure if we have any of the red ones left but uh that's black okay. and white's kind of the main colors of the nomad yeah we can sort something right. out yeah we can get no you I'll buy it, but I'm just like, oh, what, what, what can I get from Nomad? Like, tell us a little bit more yeah, about like what you sell. Like, do you sell bags and like? So right now we're predominantly like hoodies, t-shirts, hats, uh, jerseys, as you mentioned. Uh, literally just had some uh, like bomber jackets come in the mail yesterday. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about those. Like I, I haven't even like looked at them yet. Like, um, cause I'm waiting, I've got a big order of stuff coming in. Um, just new printed different designs coming in. Um, like our Black Lives Matter shirt. We've got a Pride shirt coming in. Eventually, I'd love to get into a uh, pond hockey bag. I've been doing research on it forever. Who doesn't love a good pond hockey game? Like, especially, you know, here in Canada, not as much here in Nova Scotia as when I lived back in Ontario, but you get some pretty good winners times. We got a pond just down the street. It was where my kids skated for the first time. It was one of these things I waited to have pond hockey to get them out in the ice outdoors first rather than do it indoors it's just like this mental thing i always wanted that for them um they may not give a shit i don't know um but um but yeah what do you mean you're not gonna force them to care i won't force anything if they don't want to play hockey if they aren't interested that's fine they'll have their own interests um but i'm certainly going to subtly steer them in that direction and maybe overtly steer them in that direction 
I su um, we support you in that yeah. decision. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like we also, so Nomad, we also have uh, an outdoor hockey tournament. And uh, so this, there's a trophy in behind me for those of you who can't see right now. And um, I'm going to grab it. I haven't done the engraving on it yet, but uh, this is actually the Women's Nomad Cup. So Ooh. there's a place here in Nova Scotia called Butler's Point. Um, if you were to look at it, you'd probably think it was like Boutilliers or I think in French, Boutilliers Point, but it's Butler's Point. And uh, they've got an outdoor rink. My buddy grew up in that area and uh, I recently found out about it um, a year, year and a half ago. And I was like, man, like, this is amazing. We've been out and played there. And it's like, this is so cool. They've got lights strung up over the ice, like uh, string lights. And um, it's pretty good lighting. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Like, we got to find a way to like support these volunteers who are putting all these hours into making sure this ice is good. And, um, the boards are maintained and, you know, all the people who have like donated time to just do anything at that property. And uh, it's a fully community run thing. Everyone's a volunteer. And uh, I was like, why don't we host an outdoor tournament there? So I brought it to the rink committee and I was like, I would love to host, host an outdoor tournament here. Let's do this. Uh, we'll raise some money um, and we can give you guys kind of whatever proceeds we get uh, to help you guys out to see what you can do with in the future. So last year, sorry, this year, and it was so much fun. It was incredible. We had a women's division and we had an open division playing under the lights, like outdoors under the lights. It was just so cool. Yeah, we set up a couple car shelters as dressing rooms for people. And uh, we had space heaters going in there, the ones that look like uh, little fireplaces. You, know, you got to have the right um, ambience in the room at the time. Yeah, you got to yeah. feel like you're playing outdoors. In the long term, I would like this tournament to be nomadic. Whereas mm -hmm. we take it from location to location. Maybe we keep one where we are now at Booters Point and we do like a, an additional tournament. Like I would love to be the first tournament that goes from place to place. Like you got to build it up first to make it something, to make it something people want to play for. But the, the thought of like going to play a game, you know, in you know Alberta or Northwest Territories or Finland, like whatever, like New Zealand, like, you know, I'd love to the Nomad Cup to grow to be something that we can, you know, have that, shared experience in different locations and maybe raise money for um, different causes and stuff like that. And I hope we also have some shirts that say fighter on them. Um, it's probably my favorite design that I've ever done. It's uh, the H is turns into like a, a cancer ribbon. And so the money that we get from those, um, we haven't done anything with it yet. Um, but my wife and I have been looking at ways to get back to the hospital and we, we'd like to find some way to help the kids on six link. Sorry. Six Link is the oncology floor at the IWK here in Halifax. And um, that's where my daughter lived for half a year. And so we, we'd love to make some money from those shirts to, to turn it into something that we can do to help out other families who are going through cancer right now. We've done this in the past with, uh, I designed some shirts, they say strong and free, kind of taking part of the Canadian national anthem, True North, strong and free. And it has a cancer ribbon in the middle and we raised some money and uh, all we did with that money is we went, we found, we went to the families at the IWK right now, uh, or right then, and we gave them Tim Hortons gift cards because when we were in there, Tim Hortons is like your escape. It's like you go downstairs to Tim Hortons to get a coffee or a donut or whatever. And um, most people, despite the fact that this is my bill from staying at the hospital for half a year, um, you still have expenses. Like there's still stuff. Your personal life is on hold. Like like I mentioned before, you're not making income. Like it it still costs you. And um, we're very lucky that we've, we've done a bit of math and it, it's, it's not pretty what we would have had to pay like if we were 
you know, without insurance in the States, like uh, we're so lucky where we are to have the medical system we do. Um, but, you know, any little thing we can do to help those families out. I love how you stay true to your brand name and, you know, bringing all forms of the nomadic lifestyle and, and hockey together. So tell everyone where they can buy your clothing, where they can follow you uh, yeah. and anything, just promote yourself. Yeah. So we're, uh, our website's nomadhockey.com. So if you can remember Nomad Hockey, you're pretty good here. Our Instagram is at Nomad Hockey. Twitter, Nomad Hockey. Well, we always end off uh, every interview with our firing two questions. So yeah. we'll... Uh, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. Who's your favorite hockey hunk? Okay. So I'm going to turn this on. It's a bit on its head. Okay. So um, there's a lot of good looking hockey players, but I'm going to turn this into who I would want to be friends with. Okay. Okay. Marc-Andre Fleury, without totally. a question. Who, Absolutely. Who's a bigger yep. beauty in the whole league than Marc-Andre Fleury? Like, I was so sad to see him leave the Penguins, and I think so many Penguins were uh, nothing to do with the guys that were left behind because there's some great goalies in the Penguin system. But, man, like, look at that smile on that guy's face all the time. Such a happy guy, such a positive person. And uh, But wait, would you be able to handle the alleged – pranks that he pulls on everybody oh absolutely i think that's hilarious i love it and you're gonna but, go tit for tat with him on pranks yeah we probably, we probably both go too far I've, I've never been in a prank war before i don't think uh not in hockey related um all right so who's your favorite hockey lady so i i gotta go back to my my buddy jill sonye mm -hmm. uh she's just been so good to us and she's just such an amazing person and you know she has said to me before like anything you need like just let me know like like I still haven't taken her up on it, but she's like said she'd wear some nomad stuff and do some promo photos. But like I said before, I'm not good at asking people. Uh, Jill's just an amazing person. Uh, great hockey player. I love the way she plays. She's a little feisty. Uh, she's a, sm a smaller player compared to some of the other women, but you know, like I, I do love the women's game and it's, I think it's exciting. And uh, especially Canada versus USA, like no doubt, like that's one of the best rivalries in hockey is Canada, USA women's hockey. And um, yeah, you know, these girls are playing so hard and um, we didn't touch base on it much or at all during this talk, but it, it's worth it. Pe people need to get on board with, with women's hockey a little more. Hell yeah. Uh, stop being so stubborn. Thank Good you fix. so much, Dustin. We appreciate you coming on and taking the time to talk hockey with us. And we love what you're doing with your brand and we totally support it and, and everything. So. Well, thank you both. I'm, I'm excited to see what else comes out. I look forward every week to, to hearing your podcast. I listen to it while I'm putting the girls to sleep at night. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.